This episode is made possible by PwC. The future calls for digital transformation you can trust. That's why the new equation is business-led and cloud-forward, using secure technologies to drive tax-efficient solutions for today and tomorrow. It's how people and technology work together to transform transformation. See how the new equation is building trust and security with the latest tech at thenewequation.com. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Fantasy Football Addicts podcast. As always, my name is Mong Sung. And this is the Los here, as per usual. Dan's uh, behind the board, making a great show, putting things together for us. How you doing today, Dan? I'm doing all right. You know, chilling. Yeah, what are you do- what are you doing back there? I'm, it's hard to see. I'm playing on my phone. What do you mean it's oh, hard to see? Oh, nice. like what do we pay you for playing on your phone? You don't pay me for oh. anything. This, well, if, if we ever thought about paying you, that thought has gone. Yeah, whammy I mean, right out the door. Do you want me to explain to everyone how this whole recording process works and how we no, do it? No, you or have do you to, keep, you have to keep the magic behind the curtain. Okay, so I'm yeah, the, that's right. So I pay no attention right to the man behind the curtain. Just. just just so everyone knows, I'm a big hologram face right now, and that's how <laughs> everyone sees me. Dan is actually not a real person. He's an artificial intelligence that we created, and he's kind of gone rogue on us, so feel free to ignore him. You lie! <laughs> All right. I'm good enough to own a, a fantasy team in your league, though. Yeah, you're just my, uh, my Boy, you know, feeder team. I'm just a really advanced <laughs> AI. We'll be be rolling out uh, different versions of Dan for the uh, next iPhone, so keep keep your eye out for that. That's right. For only $19.98. And now, let's get to the quick snaps for the New Orleans Saints. Let's start with Drew Brees. Snaps, 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 snaps. Drew Brees. How high do you have him going? Well, he's going on average in the fifth or sixth round, and I think that is just absolutely insane. Why? Because it's far too low for a guy of his caliber and talent? Why no, actually. I think it's far (laughs) too high. (laughs) Yeah, I think that uh, Drew Brees is going to be a serviceable serviceable excuse me quarterback one and i think that he's still being drafted like he's a definite top five option and i don't think that's the case anymore at his at his age and just with the situation with the saints wanting to run more i just don't think that breeze is that elite quarterback option in fantasy no he he is still darn good he's going to be able to hit receivers and spread the, spread the ball around but he did also lose the guys that his top two receiving targets last year yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I think that, you know, his ADP right now, I would much rather have a couple of the guys going after him. Uh, just looking at the quarterbacks, he's going almost 10 or 15 spots before Cam Newton, Matt Ryan. Uh, I would take both of those guys at their prices over him, you know, or a, a late round guy, uh, you know, Tony Romo, Tom Brady, Stafford, Eli, all, you know, two, three, four rounds later. And I just don't think Breeze is worth his draft price. Now, what if you're not in a normal draft? What if you're in a draft with people that listen to the Fantasy Football Addicts podcast and they know that Drew Brees' value will not be that high and they'll wait a little bit on him? What if you get to later rounds and guys like Cam, Ryan, and Brees are sitting there at a reasonable price? Then what do you do? Look, guys like guys like Ryan Tannehill and Philip Rivers are going in rounds nine and ten. I think that that's where I would take Breeze, maybe a little bit in front of them. So maybe like early ninth, 
But you're not saying that because Breeze is bad. You're saying that because you should wait on quarterback, right? That's correct. I, I yeah. think that the only two guys worth taking early are going to be Rodgers and Luck. And I you, could see the argument for Wilson, but not as early as the Rodgers and Luck, obviously. Sure, and even that's sketchy because, I, you know, we've discussed that, you know, both Regression, you and baby, I, it's time. Well, both you and I prefer to wait on the quarterbacks a little yeah. bit. Um, but I certainly wouldn't have an issue with anyone taking uh, Luck or Rodgers in, you know, round two or three if they drop a little bit. But I do think that Drew Brees, at this point in his career, he's he's a pretty uh, dependable quarterback one, but I don't know that he's going to be a high-end quarterback one. Right. I still think he's going to throw near 30 touchdowns, maybe 25-ish. I still think he's going to have somewhere in the 4,500-plus yards range. But, I mean, the, the writing's on the wall of exactly what they want to do. They got rid of a lot of they, – they got rid of his top two receiving targets. They traded Jimmy Graham for a very good center, and they re-signed Mark Ingram, who just showed that he could finally handle load and run the football. Then they went and grabbed C.J. Spiller who's hurt a little bit now, but he he actually does add to the passing game despite being a running back. Yeah, and I do think that uh, getting Max Unger in that deal for Jimmy Graham uh, is going to help the interior of that offensive line, and that's going to help Breeze a good amount. Um, but again, you know, we've we've talked enough about Breeze. He's a low-end, mid-end quarterback one who's not worth his draft price. Right, yeah, exactly. If you have him, you're not going to be upset about it, but you probably overpaid for him. Sure, I agree. Um, so what about those um, running backs that you mentioned, Mark Ingram, CJ Spiller, and then also Kyrie Robinson? I think Mark Ingram has forged himself a little bit of a, I guess, reputation among guys that have played fantasy for years, and they will probably be avoiding but him. But I think this is a good year to swoop in and go ahead and draft Mark Ingram, especially definitely in a standard league. Okay, so real quick, uh, Mark Ingram, two guys that are going just ahead of him, Joseph Randall and Melvin Gordon. Yeah. Would you rather Ingram or Randall or Gordon? I would definitely rather have Ingram instead of either of those two. Uh, Randall really hasn't proved it. To me, fully. I mean, he's he's in. You know, he's he's on the team that led the league in rushing last year, but that wasn't him running the football and leading the league. That was Demarco Murray, who is a very good running back who just had a lot of bad luck to, until that point in his career. Um, I'd rather have Mark Ingram. He's shown he can carry a load now. And then the other one he said was Melvin Gordon. And if you listen to this podcast, you know that I never buy high on rookies. So, okay, I, I think I would agree there, too. I think Ingram has shown enough durability and that he has a pretty solid lock on that first and second down roll. Yeah. Uh, a quick over-under on 1,000 yards rushing. Oh, I think he's a lock for 1,000 yards rushing. Okay. Um, I, I would take the over, but I don't, I don't know that it's uh, surefire. Yeah. Do I think his touchdowns are going to be that high? I, I'd be actually surprised if he cracked double-digit touchdowns combined. Yeah, I mean, he had nine last year, so he's right on that cusp. But I, I think that's a good uh, ceiling for him. Around 10 or 11 would be his ceiling, I would say. Yeah, and in reference to the passing game, I mean, Mark Ingram, you think of him, I mean, every time I see him on the screen, he grabs the ball, tucks in his arm, runs through runs through the line, smashes into somebody, falls on the ground, then stands up and whips the football down like he, like he, like he uh, you know, just you know, did something all all amazing after getting three yards. But he's not just a put your head down, run forward kind of guy. He racked up 30, 30 catches for himself last year for another extra hundred and forty yards. So I mean, it's 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 not. He's really not 
what people think he is. Sure, that's fair. Um, I will say that I am fading CJ Spiller a little bit because of this knee surgery that he's just undergone. Uh, you know, they're saying that Spiller is expected to be back in time for week one, but I am a little bit nervous about starting him week one. I do own him in a couple of leagues, and I may or may not uh, bench him for that first week just to see how he actually looks. Would you say that Spiller's results on your fantasy team and Ingram's results in a fantasy league would be inversely proportional? Uh, what do you mean by that? If Spill, if you're worried about Spiller, are you more excited about uh, Pierre Thomas? No, that's not his name. Mark Ingram? <laughs> uh, I do like Pierre Thomas. Uh, I, I do <laughs> think he's going to get signed somewhere, but I, yeah. I think that Ingram... Well, here's the thing. I like Ingram, but I don't think that Spiller going down would necessarily benefit him. I do think that they would still give uh, Kyra Robinson a lot of work and, you know, whoever that fourth running back would be, whether it's Hightower, Edwin Baker, whoever. Um, Okay. That's a good point. But on the flip side of that, I think if Spiller misses time and they see that Ingram can handle the load and he does do a good job, I think that just solidifies his his spot and getting more of the touches. If he can take this opportunity with Spiller possibly being out for a bit by the horns and make some of it. But see, that's the thing. Spiller has this bad rap of always being injured, but Mark Ingram isn't the most durable back himself. You know, his rookie season, he played 10 games. He played a full season in 2012, and then the last two seasons, uh, you know, he's missed a combined seven or eight games in the regular season. So he's not exactly a Marshawn Lynch type who just powers through injuries. He's a guy who will get those random injuries or strains and then has to sit out a couple weeks. So given the injury concerns, the significant injury concerns with Ingram and Spiller, would you say Robinson's a decent handcuff idea? Yeah, I've been targeting him late in all my drafts, and I actually just drafted him last night uh, in a 14-team league, I believe in the 15th round. I think that everyone is forgetting about Kyrie Robinson, and he looked absolutely amazing in that preseason game. Yeah, I think he's a good deep guy to look at. Otherwise, I wouldn't have brought the question up. Yeah, and in terms of dynasty, I think he's a great hold or a buy low because whether you know whether he becomes eventually a starter for New Orleans or he goes to another team, I think that once he gets an opportunity, he's going to shine. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Whether he sits there for a while or whether he gets an opportunity internally, the guy's still only 25 years old. Yeah, I mean, he's even going undrafted in some leagues, and I think Definitely. that's absolutely insane because I would take him over guys like uh, Denard Robinson, Tavon Austin. These are guys who are getting drafted, and I would absolutely rather have Kyrie Robinson. Yeah, I wouldn't. I won't say it's insane to see him go undrafted because it's it's pretty difficult to look at a team and say, "Oh yeah, I want three running backs from that team to get drafted." These we're not talking wide receivers here, folks. But I, I definitely see your point. Well, I I don't I don't know that it's insane that he's getting he's going undrafted, but I'm saying that. You know, people are drafting Ray Rice, Denard Robinson, Tavon Austin. Um, hold on, let me just look at some of the other guys at the end of uh, the ADP charts here. Um, people are taking a shot on... I, I would much rather have, you know, Kyrie Robinson over Denard Robinson. Wouldn't you agree? I that? agree. I agree. Or even, you know, Jay Ajayi, who, you know, is probably third or fourth on that depth chart right now. 
Yeah, and thinking about it, this wouldn't really be the first time that a third running back has been owned in leagues from the Saints. I mean, uh, Sproles was not the first running back back when it was uh, Ingram and Thomas. Uh, Traveris Cadet was on a lot of people's teams last year, and he was the number three guy. Yeah, he was a good bye week filler. Yep, definitely. Okay, so you're buying into Mark Ingram then around, you know, the, the mid-third round? Definitely. Okay, so what about C.J. Spiller? Obviously, he's going to be lower in standard than in PPR. Where, where are you comfortable taking him? Because he's actually going pretty high. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually not comfortable taking him in a standard anywhere near as high as his ADP is looking. Um, for both his injury concerns and Mark Ingram is going to be the guy that gets most of that down. The, the majority of his, his value to me is going to be getting those, those catches. In a PPR league, I want him over Ingram every day. But in a standard league, it's it's I'd give it another two rounds, maybe more. So CJ Spiller is going right around the end of the fourth round in standard. Would you too take early him there? for me? Okay. And in PPR, he's going uh, you know early fourth, late third. Yeah, that's that's good. Okay. Uh, I think uh, we're in greens there. I think that in PPR, Spiller might actually outscore Ingram. Yep. Um, and in standard, I am fading him a little bit, especially, uh, you know, due to his recent injury. We don't even know if he's going to start or if he starts be effective in the first couple weeks. Yeah. In a PPR league, to be clear, I definitely drop Ingram out of the third round for sure. Yeah, I think Spiller is actually going a few spots before Ingram. They're they're kind of going back to back in PPR, which I think oh, yeah. is fair. Yeah, I would actually want Spiller. Yeah, that, that's reasonable. I would drop Ingram if not like another half round past Spiller in a PPR league. Sure, and you know we've already discussed Kyrie. I think he's a great value in the later rounds. Definitely Absolutely. pick him up. Um, okay, let's move on then to the tight end situation real quick uh josh yeah everybody's excited uh, josh hill he's gonna be the next jimmy graham Woo! yeah he's been getting a lot of love in the offseason he's been hyped up a lot and now i've actually seen a bunch of reports and articles kind of dropping him a little bit and i think that that is great because i'm actually a hill believer um I think that Benjamin Watson is currently listed as the number one tight end and that's perfectly fine because you know, he's what, 33, 34, he's a veteran of the league and he's a great blocker. And that's why he deserves to be that number one tight end. But in terms of fantasy, I I think that Josh Hill is still absolutely the guy that they're going to target in the red zone, uh, in the end zone. He might not get a ton of work between the twenties, but you know, fantasy tight ends are so inconsistent that you want the guy who's going to get those touchdowns. I hate to keep agreeing with you on this NFC South thing, but I I think there's been a lot of coach speak going on in the media and trying to get other teams to not worry at all about Josh Hill. Yeah, his his ADP has dropped a little bit to the 11th round. Um, He's going right now behind guys like Delaney Walker and Jason Witten and Jordan Cameron. And I think that's, you know, a great value for him because I would absolutely take him over any of those guys. Sean Payton is an evil genius of the offensive football game. He's not trying to game fantasy players. He's not trying to trick us into not drafting him. But I think he I think he saw, oh, uh oh, everybody knows Josh Hill is the guy that we want to start and take a step forward and fill in a lot. Try and fill in Jimmy Graham's shoes. 
let's let's back off a little bit. Put Ben Watson in. Let's say that we're running this football more, which we will definitely run the football more. But Josh Hill is going to be a bit of a secret weapon, as much as a secret weapon, quote unquote, can exist in this age of media and, and Internet exposure. I mean, Christ, since the Patriots have been videotaping people's practices, I'm sure everybody else does, too, right? Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot going on behind the scenes where, you know, everybody kind of knows everything. It's just a matter of kind of filtering in the actual important news. Exactly. And look, my point is this. Julius Thomas is going in round seven or round eight. Uh, Guys like Owen Daniels and Zach Ertz are going in round eight. And I think and Hill's available in round 10, 11, 12 usually. And I think I would much rather have him at that price than any of those guys. Yeah, I go for it, I say. Absolutely. All right. Um, do you like Benjamin Watson at all? Do you buy into any of those reports? If Ben Watson is going to be the true first, uh, the true number one tight end and, and Josh Hill's not going to be on the field, that makes me buy into Mark Ingram more. But no, I don't think Ben Watson is going to be a fantasy option. Yeah, and I think the community agrees with you because his ADP is undrafted. So yeah. obviously See, people so are uh, not very high on him. I could I could have a hot take, but I don't. All right, so let let's talk about deciphering you know the wide receiver situation now that yeah, it's, it's a tough Stills... situation. That's for sure. There's a lot to look into. It, it, it's tough because they got rid of the t- so. Let's see. Jimmy Graham had 85 catches, and we know he's their guy. What do you do after Jimmy Graham? Yeah, I mean, Marcus Colston is going to see more work, I think. Brandon Cooks is their shiny new toy. He's going to be a dangerous weapon. You saw his speed and agility on that screen pass that he took in for a touchdown. But he can't do that every time. People are going to watch it. Yeah, I think that he's going to be a PPR monster, but in standard, I don't know that I want Cooks anywhere near his current position because I think Cooks is going in the late third round, and I think that's way too high in a standard league. I can, I, again, I completely agree. Uh, is he has he does have the potential for hundred catches? Anytime in a PPR league, you can say that about a wide receiver. You go and you get him when whenever you can, but in the standard. Catches don't matter. Yardage matters and touchdowns matter. Yeah, I think that, uh, I, I believe in PPR, he's going off the board generally right after Mike Evans, and I think that's about right. It's a little bit high for me. I, I might take Jordan Matthews over Cooks, um, and I th- oh, uh, I, I would probably take DeAndre Hopkins over Brandon Cooks too, and I'm not even all that high on Hopkins. But you just named 300 catch potential players. Or if you named four people, everybody you just named, there was a hundred catch potential player. Sure. Yeah. I do think that Cooks is going to be a very solid guy. I just don't know that he has the wide receiver one upside that some people think he does. No, I, I, I agree. Um, he may in the future, but he's still got a lot of room to grow. He's been, he was good last year. He was hurt towards the end of it, but he was just 21. He's still, I think, just 21 years old. Yeah, he's a super young guy, and he's only going to get better in this league. Absolutely. So what about you know the conundrum behind Cooks? Because people, uh, obviously Marcus Colston is a, is a pretty decent value because I believe he's going around you know the ninth, 10th round right now, and he's a, he's a pretty solid wide receiver three, I think, with Graham gone. Yeah, you can't forget who's throwing the football to him. Drew Brees is going to put points on the board. That's his career. That's his MO. Sean Payton is the guy that puts points on the board as well. And 
Marcus Colston will be catching touchdowns this year. There's no question about it. He'll have his up weeks. He'll have his down weeks. But like we talked about before, I, I think for his price, he's a guy that you look at like, similarly to a Roddy White, similarly to a Larry Fitzgerald, and you're getting him much cheaper than them. Yeah, I agree. Um, so what about behind Colston? Because there are different camps. You know, um, Nick Toon has his followers. Brandon Coleman has his, you know, hopeful guys who think that he's going to break out. Uh, Shontavious Jones is a little bit more under the radar, but, you know, he has uh, arguably as much potential as any of the other two guys to get that number three job. Uh, Joe Morgan is a super speedster. You know, he can have a random 80-yard catch for a touchdown on any given week. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on all of those guys? The thought is uh, pretty much the same that it's ever been with with uh, Drew Brees' backup wide receivers. If you pick them on the given re- week and you're and you're right and you're lucky, then you just may win your week that time. But you just may lose your week the next time putting them in your lineup <laughs> and they have zero catches for you. Yeah, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there. I, I remember it was either last year or a couple years ago. I Two had... years ago. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay, yeah, it was two years ago that I, I came to you. I texted you early one Sunday morning uh, because my I had some wide receiver injuries and I needed to decide between Kenny Stills yep. and somebody else. I, I don't even remember that wide receiver. And that was the week that Kenny Stills blew up for, you know, 100 plus yards and two touchdowns. And I won that week (laughs) because of it. Um, So, you know, shout out to you. Credit to you for that. Well, what can I say? Um, But yeah, I I think those guys are going to be inconsistent. And that's why I don't really want to draft any of them. I think they're going to be the on my watch list and, you know, a quick uh, call away from a waiver wire pickup. I agree. Now, that said, what do you think about these young guys? I mean, they could get older, you know, uh, Marcus Colston retires. They could be they could turn into great uh, wide receivers here with the Saints with Drew Brees at the helm. What do you think about owning any of them for a from a dynasty standpoint? I think that Nick Toon is currently the number three, but I do think that in terms of pure talent, I like Brandon Coleman a little bit more. Uh, Toon just seems to have shown that he's inconsistent when he has been given those opportunities. And I think that sooner or later, Sean, Sean Payton's going to get frustrated and give Brandon Coleman a legit shot. And I think at that point, he may impress. Yeah, I, I again, I agree, but I'll drop another example. Joe Morgan has shown flashes of how great he can be, but he's shown that exact same inconsistency as well. Well, I think the problem with Joe Morgan is that he is uh, you know, only deep threat. Uh, I don't know that he can really be uh, particularly useful, you know, running those short to intermediate routes. He's made some very exciting plays, though. Fun football to watch. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I just don't. I mean, in a best ball league, in a deeper best ball league, I would consider Joe Morgan. But outside of that, he's far too inconsistent. Yeah, I agree. I agree. The other thing to watch out for in terms of stashing these guys or drafting them high in a dynasty, if you're concerned with that, is Drew Brees is not going to play forever. And they've already shown that they're going to start scaling back his his throwing offense and moving towards a towards a um, running offense, which I hope doesn't mean that they're you know losing faith in him already because I think he has a lot of good passing football left in him. Yeah. Um, so to you know finish off the uh, Saints episode, I just want to reiterate that Rob Ryan is not a good defensive coordinator and that 
you know, on paper, the Saints defense looks so good. They've got guys uh, like Cameron Jordan, uh, a great pass rusher. They just acquired Danelle Ellerby. We'll see how well he's used. And then they have two great safeties, Kenny Vaccaro and Jarius Bird. And they, uh-huh. uh, for whatever reason, you know, Rob Ryan has run that defensive unit into the ground. We'll see if anything changes this year. But I honestly think that, you know, his job should be on the line. I don't know why he's given so much faith. I think they just keep hiring him because of Rex and his dad, buddy. Like that, that really, it's either that or they, the fans just love looking at Rob Ryan. That could just be it. Cause he's just so <laughs> grimy and funny. He's like, he's like, everybody's like uncle, you know, you know, he does have those flowing locks. I think that he would be, you know, first up if I, on the call list, if I were ever to make a movie about like Poseidon or something. Oh yeah, that's not bad. I could see him sitting on a throne with his trident. Yeah, that would be sweet. Yeah, hopefully uh, he'll employ some of those mythical skills to uh, the Saints defense. We'll see. Hey, hopefully for the New Orleans Saints. I mean, that is that is a town of voodoo, so it just may happen. <laughs> that's very true. That's right. All right, well, that's going to wrap up the New Orleans Saints episode of Quick Snaps. Quick Snap, 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 Snap. Well, that was quite unenthusiastic. That's very Quick disappointing. Snaps. Better. All right, uh, and we are going to finish out the NFC South uh, next episode with uh, who do we have left? The Panthers? The Carolina Panthers. All right, so we are going to talk about them on the next episode. As always, thank you all for listening and joining us. Uh, We are available on Twitter as always. I am at FFA underscore M-E-N-G. I'm at FFA underscore LOS, the LOS, L-O-S. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. If you like the podcast, go ahead, scroll back, click subscribe, download the episodes, and listen to the other episodes. If you like this one quick snap, you're going to like all the rest of the quick snaps, which have been brought to you by me, Mung, and of course, our super producer. I have to talk again. Yes, come on, man. No, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, I'm Dan. Hey, guys. Hi, Dan. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Dan. Tell us why you're you're here today. What are your struggles? I'm here to tell you my Twitter handle. Oh, all right. It's at FFA (laughs) underscore Dan. One N. With one N. One D. And one One A. Not in that order. (laughs) That is the quantity of letters. Actually, technically, there's two A's if you count the A from FFA. Well, three A's Look if that. you count Damn, the N. Three the A's if you count the N. It's like an A with a circle. He said three A's if you count the N. I like that more. Can we just <laughs> stick right, with that one? Right. Well, then well, it's four A's if you count the N. If, uh, if you have made it this far in the podcast, thank you. Uh, I'm very, very <laughs> sorry. Uh, that you did decide to continue listening this far into the podcast, and we are going to wrap it there. Thanks, addicts. Thanks. Wait a second. <laughs> That's my line. You don't own that. I, I, you owe me a quarter. Thanks. Peace out. Peace out. Now, what Good are you going to say? There's nothing for you to say. Nothing. Good just night. end. Bye. Ta ta. The first person to survive Alzheimer's disease is out there. They're going to hold on to everything the disease steals away. And the Alzheimer's Association is going to make it happen by funding research, advancing public policy, and spurring scientific breakthroughs. And by providing local support to those living with the disease and their caregivers, we're easing the burden until we accomplish our goal. 
but we won't get there without you. Visit ALZ.org to join the fight. Hey, Mike, what are you doing way up on that ladder? You're going to hurt yourself. Oh, I'm trying to unclog these gutters. That's smart. I had water damage from my gutters last year. It cost me ten grand. Yo, wait, $10,000? Yeah, and from over here, it looks like water's been pouring over your clogged gutters, and it's probably doing real damage to your foundation. You need to do what I did. Get off the ladder and call Leaf Filter. Yeah, but I need to get these gutters flowing now. That's why you need to call Leaf Filter. They'll clean and realign your gutters and install their exclusive micro-mesh screen system so nothing gets in your gutters except water. So Leaf Filter protects my house from damage and means no more gutter cleaning for me? Bingo! Plus, Leaf Filter has an industry-leading lifetime warranty, so your gutters are covered for life. Thanks, Frank. I'm calling Leaf Filter today. Don't go another day with your home unprotected. Call 1-844-300-LEAF or go to tryleaffilter.com for your free gutter inspection. Call 1-844-300-LEAF or go to tryleaffilter.com right now for an extra 15% savings. Call 1-844-300-LEAF or go to tryleaffilter.com. That's one 844 300 300 leaf.